thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, hello and welcome again to the Pavilion. It's great to be here, to be able to worship in this way. Um, hopefully the focus will be will be sharp this week. It's been great. We're learning a lot of things. And uh, thanks again to those who are uh, providing the ability to be able to do this. Um, so yeah, much appreciated. So last week we started a new series uh, of what Jesus said about himself. He said, I am. And he said seven different things that he was. Last week it was, I am the bread of life. And this week we look at, I am the light of the world. Now, many people... And I don't know about you, but many people at some time have been afraid of the dark, have maybe been a little bit unsure. Why? Why are we afraid of the dark? Well, it's the unknown, isn't it? It's what's lurking in that darkness. It's what's hiding in the shadows. The thought that something could be there that you can't see that might suddenly jump out at you or come out from under your bed. You know, it's those things, isn't it? I remember hearing about Ros and the young people going to Keswick and how they, uh, they'd gone late at night, I think they should have been in bed, uh, but they'd gone late at night to sit in the churchyard near where they were camping and all was well until all of a sudden, out of the trees, jumped a stranger. Jumped a stranger. Well, it was actually Peter Docker, so maybe not that strange. But in the daylight, that wouldn't have been too alarming. That wouldn't have been too big a problem. It wouldn't have been too scary. But actually in the dark, everything becomes a little bit more menacing, even Peter Docker. Yet some of us like the darkness because the darkness can hide the things that we do. For example, many crimes occur at night under cover of darkness so that the perpetrators can't be seen. Today we're looking at I am the light of the world in John's gospel. And before we start on the I am, John 3 verse 16 is probably the most famous verse in the entire world and in the entire history that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. And just after Jesus says those words, he also says, but people have loved the darkness more than they've loved the light. People love the darkness because their actions are evil. And today we're going to hear from John chapter 8 and a miracle from John chapter 9, read for us by Eleanor Ledesma, where Jesus makes a bold statement. So thanks, Eleanor. Take it away. I'm going to be reading from John 8, verses 12 to 20, and then John 9, verses 1 to 7. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. 
You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? they asked. Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. And now John 9, 1-7. Jesus heals a man born blind. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why is this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed, and came back seeing. Thank you, Eleanor. Well, the time and the place that something is said is really, really important. The time and the place can be crucial to what the words are. Nearly 24 years ago, I said some words in a place and at a time before certain people. Those words were, I do. And those words were vital, they were crucial, the words were significant, but the time and the place was important. If you were to ask me, do I like to watch football? My answer could be, I do. Not very significant words, but actually in this case, 24 years ago on July the 20th, 1996, I know it doesn't, I don't look that old, but hey, July the 20th, 1996, I was asked, do you, Jonathan James Harrison, want to take this woman, Rosalind Margaret Louise Dodd, she'll kill me for that, to be your lawful wedded wife? And my response in that place and at that time was, I do. And it still is, because it was said at a time in front of witnesses. It was said in a place that was registered for marriage with a registrar present. So the words, I do, became very significant because of the time and the place. Jesus' second I am, where he says, I am the light of the world, the time and the place is incredibly significant. And you might not realize it. We know from the end of that passage in John chapter 8, that it's in the temple treasury. We also know that it was being said at the, feast of the, time of the, at the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles. What's the significance of those things? Well, in this place, at that time, would have been two huge lampstands with many, many lights on them, lit for the whole seven days of that festival. People would also have their own individual lights that they would light in their house. They would carry them around and they would dance around these lights in the temple because they wanted to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. So already we see it's in the temple and there is light blazing in the temple to remind them of what? What was the Feast of Tabernacles? Well, the feast was a seven-day celebration of how God was with the Israelites in their 40 years in the desert. 
Remembering what? Well, they were remembering his presence with them. His presence with them as a cloud in the daytime and as a fire at night. A light that guided them, a light that brought them comfort, and a light that demonstrated God was with them no matter what. So the time and the place of what Jesus says is incredibly significant. These lamps in the temple burning bright would be visible, easily seen. And a reminder for just a short time of that incredible light in the desert for the people of God. But those lights would eventually fizzle out and go dim. And yet Jesus steps up at this time and in this place and he says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. These lamps are great, they're very impressive, but I am the light of the world. He makes a bold claim. We already know that when he says, I am, it stirs up a little bit of, of a trouble with the, Israelite, with the Jewish people because I am is God's name. So Jesus is saying, I am God and I am the light. I'm more important than these lights. This light in the temple reminds us of a light that guided the chosen ones in the desert. This light reminds us of the comfort that gave but I am the light of the world, not just a chosen people. I am a light for the entirety of this world. I'm here for everyone in it. I am a light that will bring comfort. I am a light that will guide. I am a light that can uncover all that goes on in the darkness, even the darkness of our hearts. The place and the time of Jesus' words is crucial to what he says and why he says it. And he goes on to say, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Do you know, darkness confuses, doesn't it? It can disorientate, it can generate fear, and it can cause us to get well and truly lost. But where there is the smallest, even the smallest and tiniest of lights, the darkness is defeated. Wherever there is the pinprick of light, the darkness is beaten. I've mentioned before, and I'll mention it again many times, that Ross struggles to sleep with any light on in the room. So much so that I bought her this lovely panda mask. You know, I'll model it for you now. It's appropriate, isn't it, that I've got a panda mask in the middle of a pandemic. So there we go. Okay, panda mask. And this, light, this is designed, this is designed, oh, sorry, I'm being told Joel bought her it for Mother's Day. Sorry, I didn't buy her it. But I suggested it, didn't I? So this panda mask is designed to cut out any light in the house. It's designed to stop any light showing. And she obviously looks lovely with this on her face. I cannot plug anything in in the bedroom that will light up. Ros, Ros amazes me because she plugs in an electric toothbrush and it flashes. And she'll say things like, oh, it's like Blackpool Illuminations in here, you know. Just because there's a little LED flashing on and off in the darkness, don't charge a camera or anything like that in the room because the little red LED, she can't sleep. She can still see that light even when her eyes are shut. My response is, no, you can't. Her response is, yes, you can. And all I can say is, Ros must have very thin eyelids, but I love her for it. And actually, this has helped because it shuts out the light. And many of us want to shut out even the tiniest of lights. Maybe today, maybe today, Jesus is shining a light on some of the darkness in our hearts. Maybe even the, we've given ourselves to him and yet there's still elements that we're keeping to ourselves. And maybe today we want to shut out that light because it makes us uncomfortable and we enjoy some of the things that we do in the darkness. As Jesus said, we like the darkness because it covers up 
our wickedness and we don't like the light shining in and pointing it out to us, well, maybe, just maybe, his light is the thing we need to let in because he is the light of the world and he is the choice that stops us walking in darkness. You know, when we've been away with the church youth or when we've been away as the church family, we've gone on night walks or after bonfire night at the farm, we've gone on night walks when it's dark and we've always encouraged people not to turn their torches on because even though it's dark, there is still light. We've encouraged people to take their artificial lights off because actually as your eyes grow accustomed, you can see what is around you. And that tells me this, because even when everything seems dark, even when everything seems dark, it really isn't. I, I don't know if you've lost sound, but I've lost sound at the moment in my ear. So something's gone. Maybe it's my battery pack. I'll keep going. Well, even when everything seems dark, it really isn't. There is still enough light to find your way. Even in that darkness, there is still enough light to find your way around. And because there's enough light, we can be guided and we can be safe. But how much more secure do we feel when walking in the full light of the sun? How much more secure do we feel and safer are we when we're walking in the light? How much more can we take in on the journey? Do you know, many want to turn their torches on because that way we can be sure we go where we need to be going. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Walking in his light means we can be sure of where we're going and we can be secure in every step we take towards it. If we follow Jesus, we won't have to walk in darkness any longer. Darkness can hide all sorts of obstacles. It can hide all sorts of problems. Three pin plugs that you don't want to stand in as you walk across your bedroom. Lego bricks that the kids have left out. Bits of Airfix models or World of Warhammer models, maybe, that you don't want to stand on. I once walked out of my friend's house in Wigan to go out for the night, and coming down his dark driveway, I ended up spearing part of my face on the aerial of his car that was sticking out. All because of the darkness. I couldn't see, I couldn't see what was going on. I walked into the car aerial and nearly lost my eyesight. I didn't see it sticking out. But these verses say, follow Jesus and you don't need to stumble around again anymore. We don't need to stumble around at all. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19 says this, The way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. The Pharisees aren't happy because they say, Who's your witness, Jesus? Who is your witness? Because it was important that they had two witnesses to confirm what was said. They had two people to say, yep, that's right. And Jesus says, I'm a witness and God my Father is a witness. So now he said, I am the light of the world. Now he said, these light stands are nothing compared to me. Now he's saying, God is his Father. He's making three bold claims to who he is. And then he says, if you know Jesus you know the Father. Today, that is so true. If you know Jesus today, then you know God. If you know Jesus, you know the Father. Jesus never, ever said he was a good man. He never just said, I'm a good man, saying nice things and doing good for people. He was a God man. In fact, he was God as a man. He regularly claimed it. And this statement of I am 
is followed by a miracle in chapter 9 that Eleanor shared. From chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, can I encourage you as we do this church online, have your Bible with you. Have your Bible open so you can write some notes and you can remember what's been said. But John chapter 9 tells us a miracle of a man born blind, never been able to see. And yet Jesus opens his eyes. Jesus opens his eyes to who he is. Do you know the most common miracle performed by Jesus was opening the eyes of the blind. That was the one thing he did most often. And actually, that was a particular sign of who the Messiah was going to be. The Messiah was going to open the eyes of the blind. And Jesus did it, both physically and metaphorically. Now, I'm not really a scientist. I'll leave that there. I'm not going to talk about degrees. I'm not really a scientist as such. I've forgotten a lot of stuff. But I know that the reason we see things is because of light. It's light reflecting off things. It's light traveling through air. It's light being refracted. It's light reflecting. The reason we see is because of light. And here, this man sees for the first time in his whole life. And not only that, he sees the one who declares himself to be the light of the world. His eyes are opened. Light enables us to see. Light uncovers We could play a game that young people often play or are here on the radio, which is, would you rather? Have you ever played the game, would you rather? You know, would you rather this or that? So here's some examples of would you rather questions. Maybe you can answer them in your little group at home. Would you rather have ears for eyes or eyes for ears? You know, would you rather be all ears or all eyes? Which would you rather be? You know, anyone? Would you rather? Maybe another one. This might be easier. Would you rather have hair that was like edible spaghetti that regrew every night or sweat that tasted like Coca-Cola? Which would you rather? Would you rather? You know, maybe neither. Maybe some, Ian Salter, I think, he's probably sitting over right now going, I am not interested. Would you rather? And that famous would you rather question, would you rather be chased by six duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Which would you rather? Chased by six duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Those questions really don't matter, do they? But Jesus here makes a would-you-rather statement. It's a choice, either or. There's no other option. He says, would you rather have light or would you rather walk in the darkness? There's the choice. Would you rather have light or would you rather walk in the darkness? Which is it going to be? Would you rather this or that? There is no alternative. Even if you have the smallest of lights, there's no in-between. Light darkness. Which would you rather? Jesus physically opened this man's eyes. He physically allowed the light to stream in to this man's vision. But he regularly opens eyes metaphorically to who he is. And maybe today you learn a little bit more about him, that he wasn't just a good person, but that he was God's man. He makes a bold claim and he makes a bold request. And he asks us not just to make the right choice, but to make the bright choice, to choose light, to choose him, to walk in the light. Growing up and in school, there'll be many, many songs that you've sung, many, many songs in assembly. I was listening to Jason Manford uh, on his radio show, and he, uh, he did a thing through the week, a feature called Assembly Bangers. And they had different people coming on to sing songs that they thought were great that they sang in assembly and, and putting a, a bit of a wacky twist on them. But it reminded me of all the songs we sing in school that talk about light. There's 
this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Join in if you want to. Um, or the second one, a little older than that. Jesus bids us shine with a pure, clear light. Do you remember that one? Do you remember that one? People in here, you know? No, no. Okay. Or give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Do you remember that one? Okay. It's all about light. Jesus says he is the light of the world. And actually he calls us to be the light with him. He calls us to be light in the dark place. If you're not a Christian this morning, you can choose light instead of darkness right now. You can choose to walk in his light. If you are a Christian, you can choose to fill yourself with more of his light. This isn't a fill yourself with UV light, uh, Donald Trump statement. This is a, you can fill yourself with light to this Jesus. You can fill yourself with who he is. In Matthew, he calls us to be the light because we are filled with him and we can shine his light wherever we go. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 to 16 say this. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Those verses have been quite key for us as church. It's quite interesting. This week in book group, the, the verses from Second Chronicles came up again, which is that if you humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways I will, and, and pray and call out to me, I will heal your land. Also, this morning, Paul has chosen the songs and one of them was, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. That has been a song that has been key and has been very, very, very important on our church journey. These verses in Matthew are also important because we want to shine where we are. We want to be a light in the darkness of this world. We're called to bring light. We're called to light up the lives of those that we meet. Do we? There's a challenge. Do you light up the life of those you meet? I don't mean because you're such a funny, warm person, but do you take Jesus? Do they see Jesus in us? Do they know he is with us? The, the Israelites saw the presence of the fire at night in the desert. They saw the lampstands blazing in the temple. Do people see our lives blazing light for all to see? Not just our strength, but with his light and his love. As a church, as I come to the end here, we want to be a church that is a city on a hill that is not hidden. We want to be known as carriers of his light. We want to be known for the good that we do in our communities and in our homes and in our, in our town and in our nation. We want to be a city on a hill. Why do we want to be that? So that everyone will praise our heavenly father. That's what it says. When we are light, other people will praise. When we aren't hidden under a basket, others will see it and lift the name of Jesus because he is the light of the world. It's not about us looking good or a body of people looking good. or It's about God looking great. So the choice this morning is, would you rather light or darkness? Which would you rather? You know, when Jesus talked about hell, and we don't like to talk about hell, it's a bit of an uncomfortable subject, but one of the things he says about hell is it's the outer darkness. It's not just the darkness, it's the outer darkness. And actually, there's a choice. There's light or there's dark. Today, we can walk in the light, carrying his light and being a light to guide others. 
Maybe today you live in a house with dimmer switches. Anyone have a dimmer switch in their house? Yeah, maybe you like to turn the light down to make it a little bit cozy, a little bit romantic. Maybe you like to dim the lights a little bit. Well, actually, Jesus is calling us not to dim down our light. He's calling us not to just shine a little bit, but to shine brightly for his glory and his kingdom. It may be more comfortable and cozy to dim down the light in our lives a little bit, but actually God is calling us to light the town, to light the world. Lighthouses, they signpost people away from danger towards safety. Light bulbs attract moths out of the darkness. They can't stop themselves hitting, headbutting those light bulbs, can they? They can't stop because they want the something attractive. Joe, Jesus in us will gather others into the light, into his light and into his kingdom and will help others to walk out of darkness. There are people in our town walking in darkness. They're walking in the darkness of mental health issues. They're walking in the darkness of debt and, and loneliness. They're walking in the darkness of hunger and addiction and poverty. And Jesus in us will gather people from that darkness and allow them to walk into his light because he is the light of the world. Today, let's pray that he will open the eyes of our hearts so that we will see him. Let's pray that he will fill our hearts and our minds with his light. And let us pray that we will no longer stumble around in darkness, that we will be a city on a hill that is not hidden, that is burning brightly, that is shining the light of the world into the homes and the places around us. Let us be people who bring light into a room and bring it into people's lives. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the one who is capable of lighting the whole world, that you are the one who is powerful enough to illuminate hearts and minds. And Father, we thank you for the message this morning that you can change from darkness into light. Father, stop us doing those things that need uncovering. Stop us doing those things that need to be illuminated by you and help us to be people who gather in the light. Father, let us shine from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.